What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the latest episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, January 8th. First pod in a few weeks. Uh, holidays, season. Told y'all I would be taking a break. Um, Teddy and I had spent the last few weeks uh, sending out our picks for our usual Friday episode. Uh, since Christmas and New Year's both fell on Friday, uh, we weren't around to do stuff, so took a little bit of a break just to get through the holiday season, got a new setup for the podcast. Um, as I hinted a little bit uh, back, we're starting to get some video going on in here. We're going to put these all up on uh, on YouTube, we're going to have clips, we're going to have everything, we're growing, we're building, so... I uh, just uh, built out my second bedroom in my apartment as a little office podcast studio, so very excited about that, and uh, very excited for this podcast. We've got quite a week ahead of us, uh, a fun weekend, I guess. It is wildcard weekend, super wildcard weekend. Six uh, games coming up on Saturday and Sunday, uh, a lot of fun matchups, a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of interesting injuries, COVID, unfortunately, has thrown a wrench into this, you know, it's thrown a wrench into life at this point, you know, it's, it's and now it's rearing its heads up for a wildcard weekend, so we will go through game by game, I'll give you my breakdown, how I see this matchup playing, um, we'll throw in some betting in there as well too, we're not going to have Teddy join us for the postseason, we've got fun things planned for next year. Um, but we are going to go through, I'll put in some, some betting nuggets in throughout there. So they'll have some gambling stuff going on. Um, and then we will, uh, go through each game and, and kind of give you how I see things falling out. So, uh, fortunately, or I guess, unfortunately, we start off wildcard weekend, uh, with my Indianapolis Colts, the seven seed in the AFC, just barely getting in shout out to the Buffalo bills. They beat the crap out of Miami in week 17, but now we've got to face them. So Colts 11 and 5 heading up to Buffalo to take on the two-seeded Bills who finished the season at 13 and 3. First home Buffalo playoff game since 1996. Buffalo is getting um, a limited crowd in for the first time all season. You know, a good way to commemorate a uh, a terrific season for the Buffalo Bills, one that, you know, I I wish Bills Mafia was able to enjoy from Orchard Park uh, all season. But hopefully this will be a good uh, playoff run for them. Um, so so let's talk about the game. Let's give a little bit of a breakdown. So when I take a look at both of these teams, obviously the Bills are one of the, they're the hottest team in all of football. I know the Chiefs finished the season at 14-2. and two. Uh, Yeah, they lost to the Chargers when they benched everybody in Week 17. But since the middle part of this season, the Bills have been the hottest team in football. They have one of the most prolific pass attacks in the NBA, or in the NFL, my apologies. Uh, you know, and you take a look at their offense, the questions I had early in the season where I needed more of a bit of a balanced attack, and through the second half of the season, we've seen Zach Moss really emerge. Um, I've always thought that when you take a look between him and Devin Singletary, I thought of uh, Moss as the uh, primary back and Singletary to be the change of pace. I think we're slowly getting to that point. Uh, obviously, with Moss being a rookie, having injury history, they wanted to kind of ease him into the NFL. Talented running back. I think that duo there is really good. They just have kind of, you know, slowly been coming to it in terms of a, a rush attack here. Um, and, and then I think, you know, when you take a look at the Bills' defense, they haven't been outstanding this season, which is really surprising because last year they had a terrific defense, one of the better defenses in the NFL. Fast forward to this year. Wasn't as great up in the front seven. Their secondary is very talented still. 
Um, I had some questions in the front seven, but I will say, you know, they, they shuffled some guys out of there midway through the season. Some of their younger guys have been coming up a little bit stronger. At Oliver, I've seen start to get a little bit better in the second half of this season. So I'm feeling a little bit better about the Buffalo defense. I don't love it. It's definitely, to me, I mean, just taking a look at their team, it's the weakness. It's the weakness of their football team is their defense, um, especially in the front seven. Um, but fortunately for them, they've got kind of an easy path here with the Indianapolis Colts. And look, I'm a Colts fan. I want to see them carry on a great run here and make it to the Super Bowl. But I think we can all agree that this Colts team uh, isn't isn't one that's actually going to be making that run. Um, you know, to flip now and to take a look at the Colts before discussing how they mesh up with each other, uh, the Colts... You know, they've had a couple of problems they've had to deal with. Obviously, you lose left tackle Anthony Costanzo. Um, you have to bring in Valdir, who had been, uh, you know, not playing football all season. Honestly, was a little bit surprised with how well he played to finish out the year. Uh, he came in week 17. He was really good, um, even better than Costanzo in run blocking, but the pass protection definitely is where Costanzo had his, um, you know, made his money. Valdir isn't really living up to that in just one week, in just one week. But nonetheless, Colts have really found a way to get Jonathan Taylor involved, been one of the hottest running backs in football, um, you know, broke the Colts record for rushing yards in week 17 uh, for, for a single game. He finished third in the league in rushing, which is really surprising, thinking about how it really was more of a committee to start the season, even with the injury to Marlon Mack. Jonathan Taylor really the last six weeks has come on strong. My problem with the Colts' offense is it is night and day between halves. Oh my God. We've seen it for about four weeks now. They will come out strong, and I'd even go further than four weeks. Go back to the Ravens game. You know, they have a great first half. They come out strong, right? Great start to games. I don't know if it's a trust thing with Phillip Rivers, but they get these leads, and then all of a sudden, they just fall apart. They dominated Jacksonville for the first half, and then Jacksonville kind of hung around in the third quarter, and it wasn't until late in the fourth that Indy, you know, finally separated. Pittsburgh, obviously, blew a 24-7 lead in the second half. That's inexcusable. Um, so I definitely have my questions about the Colts' offense here. Um, and then defensively, I, I think we're at a point now where the Colts' defense is a little too overrated. Um, and they have been the, the one of the best defenses all year. They are very turnover dependent. And, and, you know, we always take a look at turnovers and we always have to say, hey, sometimes you just are really lucky with turnovers. We're just forcing a lot of them. It's a weird thing to take a look at. Um, I have questions about their linebackers and coverage. Darius Leonard, I think they're asking a little too much out of him right now, and he's been getting exposed uh, in pass protection. So I think, you know, when you take a look at the receiving talent, and if if, uh, if Leonard is, is masked with a, a Dawson Knox or a Tyler Croft, they've got talented tight ends, not household names, but talented ones. I do worry about Josh Allen and, and their willingness to pick on the linebackers in pass coverage. Of course, they're also coming in with DeForest Buckner questionable with an ankle injury. I expect him to play, but it is concerning to see that he is a little banged up. Um, so to take a look at the matchup, there's... Okay, the, the big question is, can the Colts win this football game? And the answer is yes, but it would have to essentially be 60 minutes of flawless football from Indianapolis. It, it, it's, it would be, you know, utilizing the entire play clock. The, the name of the game is keeping the Bills offense off of the field and just running, running, 
running against this Bills defense. Like I said, their weakness is the front seven, um, and the Colts' strength right now is their rush attack. Can Indianapolis continue to run the ball on early downs, keep Buffalo off the field, get to some third and shorts where you're converting you know, those shorter routes to your tight ends to a guy like Michael Pittman on crossing routes? Um, can you keep the Bills' offense off the field? So that's where I sit and I say, that's how the Colts can win this game. And here's the other thing too. The Colts, their defense, they have been forcing a lot of turnovers. If, if you get Josh Allen rattled in the first half and you can get him into, I guess, uh, what we saw in 2019 and 2018 from Josh Allen, if you can get him flustered, then this is a very opportunistic defense that can take advantage of, of Josh Allen saying, okay, we're down 10 nothing. I got to make some plays. That's where things can get a little reckless, but we haven't seen that from Josh Allen this year. You know, we, we got to admit that. That's not who he is. That's not who he's been over the last 16 games, so I highly doubt that that'll you know, rear its head out. But that's the way that the Colts win this game. At the end of the day, the Bills are the better team. They're the hottest team in football. I'm talking too much about this game just because I, I did want to share my thoughts on a, 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 from a Colts perspective. Um, you know, there, there, there is a way for them to win this game, but I just don't see it happening. Um, I do see it being a lower scoring game. Uh, let me pull up real quick just so we can take a look at the lines, what they're currently at right now. I will say I did bet this game a little bit earlier in the week. Uh, but just to take a look at where they're at right now, let's let's get the odds up. So I did take Indianapolis earlier in the week, plus seven against the spread. I do think that there is a little bit too much value right now with Buffalo, given the fact that Indy will keep this close and run the game and keep Buffalo's offense off the field. I think at least for a while they'll be able to do so. Now, if this is a situation where Buffalo is the one that jumps out to the 10-0 lead, this game is over. This game is over. It'll be a blowout. Indianapolis is not the team that can overcome deficits. I've said that for the entire year. Phillip Rivers is the quarterback to protect leads in most scenarios. You know, there have been a couple games where it's, you know, they blew the one to the Steelers. They blew the one to the Ravens. He is not the guy to overcome deficits. So if Buffalo's up 10-0 in the first quarter, this game is over. It's done. But I don't see that happening. I see the Colts wanting to get the ball first, wanting to keep the offense uh, you know, on the field for a long amount of time. Keep Josh Allen on the sideline. So I'm going to take the Colts plus seven here, but I think the Bills win this game. And I'll, if, if we want to take a look, the over-under right now is set at 51. I'm probably going to go the under on that game. I could see this finishing in more of a, uh, let's just say 28 to 24 type scenario, which I'm doing the math right now, and that's 52. So no, I don't. Uh, I think that this can be, uh, gosh, if you're looking for... 24-20, a scenario like that, I do believe, you know, that, you know, I, I do believe that the Colts will be able to move the ball on Buffalo um, as long as they are getting things going in the trenches. That's where they win this game. That's where they keep this game close. Um, at the end of the day, I do see Buffalo still pulling out. They're just the better team. I'm going to take the Bills 24-20. Give me Indy plus 7. They're at plus 6.5. I still like it. If they shrunk to 4 or something... Um, then I'd probably go on the side of the Bills, but I like the, the Bills to move on in this round, uh, 24 to 20. All right, we spoke too much about that one, so I'll keep things moving along. Um, second game on Saturday, the six-seeded Los Angeles Rams, uh, obviously with questions at who will be playing quarterback for them, are traveling to take on the Seattle Seahawks, the three-seed who finished the season at 12 and four. Uh, really, really interesting matchup here because... 
You all know I am not a Seahawks fan. I do not trust this team. I do not trust the coaching. There are a lot of concerns that I have uh, with the Seattle Seahawks in terms of how they can move and advance further into the postseason. There seems to be this this thing of where they... uh, Pete Carroll wants total control over things. And when the defense is really bad... He lets Russ cook. But as soon as the defense starts putting together some solid performances, they resort back to, okay, we're going to run the ball. We're not going to let Russ cook. And and there's no balance. He can't have a balanced offense. It's either got to be Russ passing 50 times or us running the ball all the day. So I have my questions about Seattle in this. I don't love them. I would take a few other teams to represent the NFC uh, coming out of this postseason. I just don't see them winning three games in a row. Honestly, I think they've got it pretty difficult for them with the Rams. The Rams have limited their offense uh, twice now this season. I'm sure they have looked okay at times. I, I do think that the uh, the problem becomes this Rams defense is 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 not to mess around with. Um, you know they've allowed 18 and a half points per game this season, which is fewest in the NFL. I believe this season the Seahawks have put up 20 and then 16 on them. I'm gonna pull up the schedule just to make sure that I've got those numbers right. But in the two times that they've faced this season, of course, week 16, they put up 20 points and going back, yep. So it was back in November on the 15th, uh, they lost to the Rams 23-15. to So for this game in particular, I don't love the Seahawks here. I am kind of on the side with the Rams here, and, and there are questions with who is going to play quarterback. I am in the camp. I don't want Jared Goff playing this game. I kind of want Wofford. Goff has been bad this year, and then you're going to tell me he's throwing without a thumb. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like quarterbacks who have injuries on their throwing hand, especially when they're not a talented quarterback. Here's my thing with Wofford. He adds two things that Jared Goff doesn't. He can air it out. He can launch a deep ball that's uh, you know better than Goff's. Goff is a guy that plays very conservative, short, though I don't love his deep ball accuracy. And Wofford can run. And for, you know, Goff, he's very limited on his rollouts. He's very slow. At least Wofford can improvise when a play gets gets broken. Um, so it, it's such an interesting line because you see that the, the line seems like they expect Goff to play. And it's at Rams plus three and a half. I like the Rams to win this football game. Um, I know that this is this could just be my storyline of the year where Blake has really not liked betting on Seattle. He doesn't like Seattle and he loves the Rams. So take this with a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, I'm just sticking with what I believe to be true. I believe that the better roster is in Los Angeles. The better coaching is in Los Angeles. I understand the quarterback difference here. Russ is a million times greater than Wofford or Goff. But at the end of the day, I just think the better team is going to win here. I don't like how inconsistent the offense is. I do have some serious questions about Pete Carroll's coaching. You know, he, he's had a lot of success in the NFL. The last few years after, you know, post-Legion of Boom, I have not liked what I've seen from Seattle. I'm going to take the Rams to win here. The over-under set at 42 right now. I think it goes over. I don't know. I, I just I like the Rams. I, I I stick with 
with what I know and what I know is that this is an, a, a football team that is uh, on the same page. You know, Sean McVay is very consistent. Pete Carroll is not. So at the end of the day, I'm going with the consistent coach. I'm going with the consistent team. I'm taking the Rams defense to hold Russ. Here's the thing with the Seattle Seahawks offense and their struggles. They've just been going too high safety. They say, okay, we're going to take away DK and Tyler Lockett beating us deep. Throw it underneath. They're doing they're doing what teams have been doing to Pittsburgh all year, where it's like, we're going to force you to run on us. We're going to force you to beat us in the run game. And I don't think they'll be able to do that because the Rams front seven is also very talented. Better roster, better coach. Give me the Rams here. I'll take them. 28 to 26. 28 to 26 Rams over the Seahawks. All right, third night game, or third game of Saturday. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Washington football team. Tampa seems to finally be getting into a groove over the last uh, six or seven weeks, especially offensively. Let's let's close that to a month. I'd say the last four weeks, they've really been showing some improvements. Antonio Brown has been finding his role in this offense. Uh, Tom Brady. Look, you know, for all the credit that he's gotten throughout his career, he had a really impressive season when you take a look at the numbers. I know it's been clunky, and I guess we expected them to just be a team that's, you know, blowing teams out of the water with all that talent on offense. They're, it seems like they're starting to figure things out. Uh, here's my thing with this game that I've, I've had a lot of arguments with people on this. I think this this is the one blowout of the weekend. I think a lot of these games, I, I, there are going to be two blowouts to me this weekend. Uh, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. We'll get to that game. The first blowout is, is Tampa by what? 16, 18 over Washington? The, the line of eight, I get it because the Washington defense has shown a lot of talent, especially in its front seven. The secondary has been pretty underrated too, I guess. Uh, the, the name of the game to me is... Alex Smith cannot move. He cannot move. And if Taylor Heineke, if he's starting at quarterback, I'm sorry, I just don't like his odds against an NFL defense like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially when they're a little limited on offense. You know, I like Terry McLaurin. I love him. Some of these other receivers, they don't got it for me. At the end of the day, I'm just taking the way better team here. Here's my thing with Washington. If there's one bet that you want to hammer, and I've already put some good money on this too, uh, Tampa Bay's first half total points is sitting at 13 and a half. Hit the over. The Washington football team has allowed the uh, fifth most first half points throughout the season. Uh, their offense turns the ball over a lot, especially I, I will expect that to happen if Heineke is starting. Um, they're going to turn the ball over. Tampa's going to have good field position. Expect them to put on points in the first half. Now I will say Washington's defense does do well at halftime adjustments. So if it's a blowout, you know, maybe Washington will be able to pull it in if you bet the live spread, whatever it is in the second half. I just don't buy the fact that this team... I, if you watch them play Sunday Night Football against the Eagles, who were desperately, desperately trying to lose the game, and it was still a three-point game in the fourth quarter, how am I supposed to have confidence in Washington the next week taking on one of the hottest teams in football? I just, I can't buy into them right now. I don't like Washington's odds here. Um, if you're gonna make me put out a score, I mean, I think Tampa, I think Tampa's gonna be able to pour it on. So give me, give me Tampa Bay 31 to 17. 31 to 17 here. 
I like the Bucks to move on. Um, if there's one thing that I'll give Washington, interior pressure is the name of the game. I, I know they've got talented edge rushers, uh, but the Buccaneers have talented tackles, so it'll be a really fun game to watch in terms of you know just watching the tackle play against those defensive ends and, and you know a guy like Chase Young trying to chase down Tom Brady. But really, where it comes up to me is, can the Washington football team get pressure on the inside? Because as we all know, Tom Brady doesn't have a lot of mobility. So if you can get him pressure up the middle, uh, you can force a lot of errant throws. Maybe Brady does chuck up a couple of turnovers. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, the Washington offense, I just, I have no faith in it right now. I, I can't. And especially um, against a, a Tampa defense that is extremely good. You know, Todd Bowles, I've said it all year, hats off to him. He's been one of the better defensive coordinators in all of football this year. Uh, yeah, give me the Buccaneers by a lot. 31-14. I wouldn't be surprised if it was even bigger. All right, let's move on to Sunday. Uh, to me, this is the game of the week here. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans. A ton of storylines coming into this game. You know, Lamar Jackson has yet to win a postseason game. The Titans have beaten the Baltimore Ravens twice, including last year in the postseason. They were the team that surprised everybody, made this incredible run of the AFC Championship game. Um, really, really fun matchup here. This will be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Hit the over of 54 and a half. Uh, here's my breakdown. The, the Tennessee Titans defense is very bad. You know, it's kind of like, it, not, not as bad as, or it's, it's worse than the Bills, but it's, it's interesting to think of both of those teams in comparison with each other because, uh, both have defensive-minded head coaches, yet their offensive coordinators are the one carrying these teams this year. You know, that's why Brian Dable and Arthur Smith are getting interviews for these head coaching jobs. It's like, hey, these are supposed to be defensive-minded teams, and their defenses are, are what's holding them back. You know, the Titans' defense, uh, similar with Buffalo, they were cutting guys midway through the season. They were like, okay, Vic Beasley, you showed up, and you're not in shape, and you're not willing to put in effort. Get the fuck out of here. We need to figure something out. So they have been shuffling around that defense just like Buffalo, trying to figure out who is going to play for them. Um, and I just have not been impressed by their defense at all. I mean, let's let's go through their recent string of games and, and just look at the points that they've allowed. As I pull it up. Sorry, I wasn't prepared for that. All right, so they gave up 38 to the Texans in Week 17. 38 to the Texans who finished with the third worst record in all football. They give up 40 the week before to the Packers, 25 to the Lions, Jaguars I don't want to count. They give up 41 to the Browns. In the two games against the Colts, they've given up 26 and 34. This is a bad Titans defense. The good thing with them is they're a team that likes to attack first. They like to get the early lead. They will not slow down. They will not take their foot off the gas. They will continue to put up points. All those games that I mentioned, they got a few wins in there. They put up 41 against the Texans. They put up 46 against the Lions. 45 against the Colts in one game. 35 in that Browns loss. They will be able to keep pace with the Ravens. Really what it comes down to is who is going to score first. Because that's the story to me. The Ravens, the narrative, trying to play from behind, it, it's real. I only like both of these teams when they have a lead. The Titans are the same. I don't think that there is dynamic when you have to send uh, Derrick Henry to the sideline because you have to pass from the shotgun. If Ryan Tannehill is having to make up this win 
for Tennessee, I don't like their odds. If Baltimore is trailing, I don't like their odds. I think there is a bet out there. If you can bet which team scores first wins the game, I'm not sure what the odds on that are. I don't even know if you have to bet the specific team, whatever it is, but I just... The Baltimore defense, to me, is improved. Their offense certainly is humming. They've been putting up a ton of points the last month of the season. Um, and Lamar has been playing a lot better. The line right now is Baltimore minus three on the road. And I'm going to take them to win. I'm going to take them to win. I'm going to take them to cover. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Give me Baltimore 38 Tennessee 34. I don't see any defense in this game. Both of these teams have just been winning football by just pouring it on offensively. I just don't see a way in which this is a low-scoring defensive battle in the trenches. Both are just going to be delivering knockout blow after knockout blow, and at the end of the day, I'm going to take Baltimore to win this one in a high-scoring game. It's a tough one to figure out. It is, because there, there's such an easy blueprint for either team to win. And it, it really is, is just getting the early lead. Forcing the other team to adapt. Forcing Lamar to have to, like just like last year in the playoffs, just like any time that you beat the Ravens by getting a lead on them. The story is, this isn't a team that can overcome deficits. And Tennessee, kind of the same way. If Derrick Henry has to leave the field so you can bring out more receiving options or a receiving running back, they're not as talented. I'm going to take the Ravens to score first. I'm going to take the Ravens to be the ones that get the early lead, and I don't think Tennessee is going to be able to fully overcome that deficit. So what did I say? 38-34 Ravens? So they cover the spread. Not by a lot. I don't love it. I'm not going to bet one side or the other. If anything, I'll just hit that over, smash it, because uh, I think we're going to get a lot of points this Sunday uh, in Tennessee. Second game of the Sunday slate, we've got the Chicago Bears traveling to take on the New Orleans Saints. Saints in this one favored by nine and a half. Uh, tough one. Should it be? I'm going to take the Saints to win here. But Bears plus 10, I like. I like the Bears to cover here. I still am not amazed by what I've seen from the Saints. I, Drew Brees is still playing inside, so I'm going to give him a little benefit of the doubt. I think as far as his season goes, as uh, how warm the environment he's playing in is, if he has to travel to Green Bay, I don't like it. You know, their best hope to make the Super Bowl is Green Bay gets knocked off and they keep hosting these games indoors. Because if you give me the Saints outside in late January in Lambeau Field, I don't like it at all. Um, I'm going to take the Bears to cover plus 10 here, but I I just I don't think I can see a way where they upset the Saints. You know, the Saints have a terrific defense, one that can't really be exposed by what the Bears offense brings. They have been improved over the last month, but they haven't been a, playing quality opponents. Everybody says that, you know, you you when they try and discredit 
a team schedule, they say, well, you can only play who you're scheduled, but yes, that, that's true. You know, we can't give them all tough opponents throughout the year, but we can take that as context. They beat the Jaguars 41 to 17. They beat the Vikings 33 to 27. The Bears 36 or the Texans 36 to 7. Barely lost to the Lions 34 to 30, but put up a lot of points. They lost to the Packers by 19. The Packers, to me, are a tougher challenge, so I expect I expect them to keep it close with New Orleans because I don't think New Orleans is a team right now that is just going to march down another that Bears defense's throat. I don't think that they'll be able to do that. I think the Bears will try and hold it as long as they can, but the offense is going to have some difficult, difficult times against this Saints defense. To me, this is a low-scoring game. Let's take a look at what the over-under is set at right now. 47, give me the under. I don't like the idea of the Saints just blowing the Bears away. Um, or either offense being able to put up a ton of points. I think this is going to be the defensive matchup kind of of the weekend. Um, if you're gonna if I'm gonna predict a score here, you know, give me Saints 23, Bears 17. I'll give the Saints by six. I don't love them here to win by double digits. I do think the Saints are the Saints are gonna wait. People are gonna adjust after this game and say, okay, we gotta lower expectations for the Saints. Everybody keeps talking to me about the Saints and the Saints and the Saints. I don't see their offense being able to just go and you know keep pace with a Green Bay or keep pace with some of these other more difficult offenses. Uh, I know they've beaten the Bucks twice this season. I, I I'm I'm still gonna say I don't like them to keep pace with the Bucks and their offense that they've found in the last month, especially with an injured Drew Brees. There's just not a whole lot to love about them right now. They just seem kind of coaching and defense is kind of holding them upright at this point. Um, I'm gonna take the Saints to win. I'm going to take them by six. Give me 23 to 17 um, and an interesting offseason ahead for the Bears. And let's get to Sunday night. Uh, to me, this is, like I said, I said there's going to be a blowout on Saturday. There's going to be a blowout on Sunday. It's a shame that both are in the night games, so we finish out the games with, with you know, not a ton of competition. But I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to blow the roof off of the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh right now I've got as a best odds you can get them at are minus five and a half. That's over on FanDuel right now. Uh, I locked them in at four on Monday. Um, it's unfortunate. This is where COVID becomes a problem. The the Browns just, they're, they're not going to have their head coach. They're not going to have some other coaches. They're not going to have a lot of players. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it's the Browns. You know, they, they they fought so hard to get to this point, to end the playoff drought. Best season in two decades almost. And, and it's a bummer that they're the team that's impacted the most by COVID. It sucks. I think fully healthy, they still would have lost to the Steelers. I, I would have liked it in a closer game, especially if Stefanski is there. I just don't see any way that they're keeping this one close with the Steelers. Steelers were well-rested. They essentially got their bye week, even though they weren't the one seed. They rested everybody in week 17. Still almost beat the Browns. Put that out there, too. Almost beat them. Um, but I'm going to take the Steelers to, to pour it on here. Um, God. I, I, I want to give Cleveland a chance. I do. I really do. I just, I, I don't see it happening. 
Um, so if you're gonna if for a score sake, I'm I'm gonna go Pittsburgh 32, Cleveland 21. I think this will be a double digit game. I think Cleveland will do their best in the second half. Maybe a garbage time touchdown brings it a little bit closer. I just, you know, I don't love Pittsburgh right now. I, I won't love them in round two, whoever they face. If it's if it's Baltimore or Kansas City or Buffalo down the road, I don't love them, but they're getting a little lucky with this first round matchup. I wish it would be competitive. I really wish. that This is such a bummer for Cleveland fans. I wish it didn't have to end like this, but, you know, they've got a good foundation here. They've got good players. They've got the right coach. Hopefully this is only just the beginning uh, but for 2020, this is the end. They're going to get blown out by the Steelers. So just to recap, we'll go back to the early slate on uh, Saturday. Indy is going to keep it close. Um, I do believe that they're going to lose to the Buffalo Bills. Bills are just the hottest team in football right now. I don't think it'll be easy for them, but I do believe at the end of the day they get it done. Flip over. I'm not buying into the, the Seahawks and their inconsistency. The Rams, I know what I'm getting each week from them, even though the quarterback is starting his first playoff game ever and his second, you know, regular season game ever. I'm just taking Sean McVay greater than Pete Carroll. I don't love what I'm seeing from the offense right now. I think the defense is getting a little overrated just because of their uh, who they've played so far this year. They haven't played a ton of great teams uh, in the second half of this schedule. So give me the Rams here. Give me the upset um, on the the Saturday night game. Great story in Washington. Love the Ron Rivera, Alex Smith storyline. It's, it's a fun team to root for. They've got a fun defense, uh, but they're going to get blown out by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, by at least 14 points. Tampa is going to put up a lot of points early on. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I, and Washington might make some second half uh, adjustments to pull it in a little bit closer, but I just, Washington is that team where it's like next year could be so exciting to watch. If they can draft well again, go take a look at, at the Washington football team's first-round draft picks over the last decade. The only miss is Dwayne Haskins and, and, and RG3, if you want to you know, consider that a miss. It's injury stuff for him. Those are the only misses when they take a quarterback. Everything else is a slam-dunk first-round pick. They draft extremely well. This will be an exciting team for next year. Hopefully the NFC East gets a little bit more competitive. Maybe Dallas can turn things around. Washington will be a fun team. They're just not there yet. Tampa, they're rolling over the last month. I really like their odds to push further into the playoffs. I'm going to take them to blow out the, the Washington football team here on Saturday night. Flip to Sunday. No defense in the first game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. It is going to be, um, to me, you know, I, I am picking the Ravens to win here, but I really do think whichever team gets that early lead is going to be able to hold on to it. I don't see either team being able to overcome deficits. That's not what they're built to do. They're built to protect leads and to just keep pouring on points and keep, you know, keep, uh, you know, the other team off the field by running with Derrick Henry or running with all the talented backs there in Baltimore. Give me a lot of points in that one. I'm going to take the Ravens to cover the three, uh, the three point spread. Um, but I really do think if 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 Tennessee starts off ten nothing, give me the Titans. To me, really, it, it, whoever gets the the early lead is going to win that one. Uh, Chicago, New Orleans. Chicago's defense is going to keep it close. I am not impressed by the Saints' offense. I know they lit up the Vikings' defense. Hey, newsflash: people have been lighting up the Vikings' defense all season. Maybe it's just a bad Vikings defense. I know Mike Zimmer is a great coach. I know they've had a lot of talent on that defense over the last five years. 
they've been really bad this year. I still just don't feel great about where the, the Saints offense is at. I'm going to take them to win because the Bears are the inferior team here, and you're going to give me Sean Payton and Drew Brees versus Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky. The choice is clear, but I do think they'll be able to keep it close. Give me a six-point game. I believe I said 23-17 to 17 Saints. And then to finish it off, I feel bad for them, uh, but the Cleveland Browns are going to get blown out here by the Steelers. I think I said 32-21. to 21. I think the numbers work out where it makes more sense to say 31-21. That's more of a football number. Uh, but give me give me the Steelers to win here. Uh, give me the over of 47 and a half. Um, I don't love Pittsburgh. I think that they're going to win one game and then lose. I said a month ago that Pittsburgh was going to lose their first game of the postseason, no matter who the opponent was. I didn't expect that opponent to lose its head coach and a lot of starters to COVID. So sorry to flip the switch on you, but you know I don't see how you can uh, how you can really bet against Pittsburgh here given what Cleveland is having to go through. They'll be back, but it's a it's a bummer way to end uh, Wild Card Weekend. But uh, that's all we've got. We'll be back on, uh, I believe, Monday. Monday should be when we're able to put out this podcast and we'll recap everything that we just talked about. Uh, we're going to have some midweek stuff to talk about, too. There's a lot of Deshaun Watson news popping up. We're going to get more coaching and general manager hirings. we got to talk a lot about the Texans. Um, we'll have some more stuff through the middle of the week, and then we'll get ready for uh, the, the divisional round uh, next Friday. So thank you guys so much for listening. I know we took a little bit of a break there to get through the holiday season, but I appreciate you coming back to listen. Um, hopefully, you know, we got some stuff here right. Hopefully we see this playing out well. We had a very successful regular season. Um, thank you all for listening and, and betting with me. If you've used my advice uh, throughout the season, I believe we ended up hitting just under 55% of our bets, which... You know, I, I think if you're not familiar with the gambling community, uh, the experts hit about 52% on a year-to-year -year basis. This year, I was a little bit lucky to go over that. So uh, we had a good year. We did. And I'm excited to carry this on into the playoffs. Um, let's, let's, let's make some money here. I gave you a few bets that I really do like. If you're looking for my few favorites of the week, uh, give me Pittsburgh minus four. Up to the six, I still kind of like. I think maybe you can find a five and a half. I like that. Uh, give me Tampa minus seven and a half. Uh, give me the over in the Ravens-Titans game. Give me the first team. Uh, give me over Tampa Bay first half points of 13 and a half. And then I'll make sure to put out all my bets on Saturday morning. So help, head over and follow me at, on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace for all of those. Um, once again, really appreciate you guys listening. It's going to be a fun offseason. It's going to be a fun draft uh, that we're going to get to, but we've got playoffs first. So thanks so much for listening. I'm Blake Pace, and I'll talk to you next week.